Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to episode 39 of the Cow Corner Podcast. I'm James Hurl, and once again, I'm joined by my good friends, the man with the Birmingham League Ton, and the Shropshire County Cricket Six, and Mr. Loyal. I'm joined by Andy Harrison and Joss Elliott. How are we, guys? Very well, thank you. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Good. Yeah, it's good to be virtual back, Virtual meeting this time? Yes, virtual meeting this time. Andy, it's finally caught up on you, mate. Yeah, a few times I've had it now. I've got the old Rona. So, we're going over. Well, this time I'm not getting pissed in Joss's lounge. So, it's a shame. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so recording over Zoom tonight. And, I mean, does it seem like yesterday since we were last in there in August and not a lot's really happened since us there, really, guys? Nothing nothing to speak of. I think we've got a long pod ahead of us, I reckon, today. <laughs> it's going to be quite eventful. A uh, lot to talk about, a lot to go over. And, uh, yeah, Shropshire Crickets. It's been a chaotic week, so it's going to be exciting to get going. Yeah, so where to start? I mean, not long did the season finish and we we're all talking about how many teams are going to go up and how many are going to go down, thinking that's the main talking points. Does the news come out about Ludlow and Quats, even if they finished top, that they wouldn't be able to join the Birmingham League playoffs? And then through that, Ludlow put their open statement out on social media, that that long letter, which then the Birmingham League have then read and then put out their own statement saying that they had then researched into various clubs and then it, it found out that, funnily enough, that there are other Shropshire clubs that are in the Birmingham League that do not meet the criteria as well. Obviously, the criteria being an ECB, 
requirement for Premier Leagues to regain their status uh, that all clubs must have certain youth uh, teams and obviously Ludlow and Quad didn't have under 14 and 15 sides despite them having had youth engagement at other levels and kind of I think in Quad's case they were saying that they have like a Sunday under 14s team that play casual cricket rather than in youth tournaments and things like that um but anyway because of that then uh the Birmingham League then notified that there are a few clubs who were Shifnal, Bridge North and Werfield who are three of the four remaining sides in the Birmingham League who are from the Shropshire League which then brings a lot more questions uh, up about what's going to happen in the Shropshire League this season in regards to teams going up and teams going down as the Birmingham League decides these sides' fate. Andy, I mean, your side this season, Wem, obviously the only side relegated so far from the Birmingham League of the Shropshire sides, which then meant, obviously, if Whitchurch went up, they would then be a direct replacement. Whitchurch finishing one point behind Ludlow in second. Unfortunately, not making it up. But um, your thoughts on this news, Andy? There's quite a lot to take in, really. Um, obviously, through the season, uh, watching the, the Prem Belowers, um, thinking Ludlow might win the league. And, and to be fair, I was buzzing for him. I thought, fair play. Um you know, be be really interesting to see how they get on the playoffs. And then the news came out that they couldn't actually make the uh, the, the playoffs. Unfortunately, um, was was a a, bit, a big blow. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm in the corner of I think you need to before a season the rules need to be met. I think the ECB rules are there. Um, the Birmingham League that they, they want every every box ticked before you go into that league. So before a season, you need everything right. The only issue is I, I just I look at some of these clubs in Shropshire. Um, there are a lot smaller clubs than what are in the Birmingham League currently, and they've got a, a, a I say a disadvantage. Um, smaller catchment areas. I mean, a lot of clubs now since COVID. I mean, especially like league clubs. That are friends of mine. I mean, Kund. They've got a very very much a lack of kids now. They've got none. They've got no youth teams, no women's teams, and uh, it's such a difficult time. So I do feel for them. Um, obviously getting relegated with Wem. Uh, we'll be back in the Shropshire League next year. Um, obviously raring to go, um, looking to go straight back up and bounce back. Um, but as I say, um, on the situation of Quat and Ludlow not being able to go up, it was a shame to not have the team that won the league in, in the playoffs. And it, it just showed, I mean, Whitchurch, I don't know if Ludlow would have done any better with their, their pro back home, but, you know, Whitchurch were a bit out of their depth and, and, and did get a spanking in the group stage, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Whitchurch, not the only side who finished second who ended up in the Birmingham League playoffs. Obviously, Old Hill uh, were the other side to join them. Um, Tamworth and Coventry and North Warwickshire were the two sides who won their respective divisions who went through. Stourport on seven, first 11, were the side to miss out uh, from the Worcestershire County League. They, though, had won their league by 32 points ahead of mm. Old Hill, um, a side who also missed out due to not meeting the requirements needed to join the Birmingham League. Obviously, we have our own issue, well, not our own issues, but there were other teams who had similar impacts in our Shropshire League, um, Chirk, 
um, being told that they wouldn't be allowed to be promoted into the Premier Division. From what I'm hearing is because they didn't have a third 11, um, which, um, again, is what I heard. Um, so, you know, it's not just the Birmingham League who aren't letting sides into Premier Divisions. Yeah, there, there, there is requirements in all these leagues um, uh, to keep, keep the strength up. But unfortunately, a, a situation like that is quite hard to take because um, obviously the thing you've always got to remember is if you're going up to the Prem uh, and have aspirations of going up the leagues, if you um, go up to the Prem, your aspiration is to go up even further into the Birmingham League. Well, if you're not going to meet the requirements of the Birmingham League, really, maybe the Prem need to look and bring in uh, maybe their vision and say, look, every team in the, uh, the Shropshire Prem need to meet the requirements before they're in the Prem. And I know, mm. I think it's just the third team, isn't it now? Is that, is that the only rule or is it, I don't think there's any youth cricket that has to be met, is there? For the Shropshire, Shropshire League. Yeah. I don't mm. think so. I think it's just a third team. Um, yeah. Someone will but, probably pick yeah. up on it. But but obviously next year, I mean, I'm, t- I'm sure the top four teams from, from this year uh, and, and when, when again, this season, now we're back in the Shropshire Prem, we will be looking massively into making sure every department and every box is uh, is ticked in case you get promotion. Um, mm. You know, it's it's got to be right and yeah, but I do feel sorry for these clubs. I know Chirk, Chirk weren't, they were looking at one stage like they could go up, but they ended up, I think they ended up fifth. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't to be anyway, was it? So uh, that was uh, that was good. But frustrating for Ludlow, that's all I can say. Yeah, it's, um, for me, it's a fairly poor reflection on Shropshire cricket. There's so many of our clubs were, um, were called out on this uh, club audit that the Birmingham League did. And I, I only skimmed through the, through the article, but... Um, I think probably were another couple of clubs, but it was every Shropshire club basically, apart from Shrewsbury, wasn't it? It's, um, yeah, yeah, the Birmingham League, I think. Um, which is, I mean, so I think the Shropshire Cricket Board must be aware of these requirements. So someone, you know, someone has let something go there, really. I think I'll be very, mm. very interested to see how they, um, what they do about these clubs. Because you know it's very unfair on Ludlow, especially if they allow other clubs that are committing the same offences to remain in the, in the league, and they're not letting mm. Ludlow in. It's, they, you know, I think someone someone said if Ludlow took them to court, they never would. But the league wouldn't have a leg to stand on. I don't think. I think I think one of the things I've heard uh, on the grapevine is that um, so uh, uh, the clubs that have been uh, pointed out uh, by Mr Archer are uh, clubs that have team shares. And I think uh, a couple of clubs, I know that Shifnal and all Brighton's under 15s are shared um, and, and they share a team together. And also, I think Bridge North and Werfield. Well, the Shropshire League, as far as I have heard, uh, were the ones that confirmed that that was fine to, to be done. That was, that was fine. So whether or not Archer is pointing them out or there's other requirements that aren't being met, I don't know. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think... It, it's it's not it doesn't look good for Shropshire cricket. It really doesn't. The one thing I would say is how how come this is uh, for the teams who are currently in the league? Obviously, I mean, like, as we've mentioned before, if you're going up into the league, you you've got to have some sort of idea of what the requirements are and the rules. The rules and they're already in place. But how come these things are only getting noticed now? Obviously, this is something that we'll probably speak more on on the Birmingham League podcast. But for the teams who are already in there. 
already in the league, they must be thinking, why is this only being brought up now? And also mm. from someone who is a part of the Shropshire Cricket League, I find it quite worrying that the, the biggest sides, the sides who hoard players from other teams, who pick the best players from other clubs from around their area are now struggling, which then what does that say about the future for other village sides and other smaller clubs? Go on, Josh, you have a go. Do you want me to say? I was going to agree with Hurley, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, yeah, it's tough. Um, there's always going to be a big pull uh, with the big clubs, mate. Um, you only have to look at, I mean, the likes of Wellington with, with the amount of clubs they have, and I think they're in the Prem, Division 1 and Div 2. It's it's a massive pull, isn't it? Um, village cricket, I, I hope it's not dying. I hope it keeps going. Um, but I think with the restructure of the leagues, a lot of these second teams are pulling up and doing well. I mean, obviously, ever since they changed the Birmingham League in the reserve division, I think, um, yeah, it's it's the league has a lot of the second teams are pushing away, aren't they, and signing a lot of players. And I could see where you're coming from there. Yeah, I think it's 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 a time for a bit of reflection as well. I think when when this news came out, there was a lot of outbursts. There was a lot of outcry from you know sides that we would say are big clubs in Shropshire you know, and calling themselves small, you know, and it, for me, it was, there was, there were some points when you were kind of a bit like, these are things that have been said by other clubs who are smaller, but have been ignored to now because you were the bigger side. Do you know what I mean? Is, is, is it a time where you, we, we may see that this might be a positive thing for Shropshire cricket as we may have an actual broader look at what is happening in Shropshire cricket as a whole and start working together rather than everything kind of all filtering into one location? I think sometimes um, it's an argument you could you could take on for a long time. I mean, you, teams say you're playing for a smaller club, you could have a go at the big clubs all you like. It's it's just a way of, way of life, I'm afraid. You know, some clubs will go and spend money. Some clubs have no money to spend. And I just think that's that's, that's the way it's always going to be. You're not going to be able to change too much. I think um, the, the, there's broader issues, really, than, than stuff like that at the moment. Um, but, like, the likes of Chirk, for example, which you said about not having a third team, again, it's something they're going to have to look at as a team. You know, if the rules there are in place, maybe next year they might try and enter a third team. But again, it's it's easier said than done. I mean, we're not as lucky as some clubs. I mean, I know, every, I mean, talking from yourselves at Albury Cricket Club, you have three teams, which is brilliant, brilliant for cricket, you know, for, for a side to div, div one, you know, you've got three teams, it's brilliant. Mm. But I, it's hard work, isn't it? And I, I know that you've had a few yeah. weeks where you've really scraped the barrel, haven't you, this season? Yeah, I mean, we we have three sides. I mean, our, our ones put outside every week. Our threes are very, very comfortably put our side out. Our twos have struggled a bit. A lot of that has become, has been down to kind of like a turnover of players uh, and getting to a certain age and other kind of, you know, other commitments. And also it being kind of like the catch-up year kind of thing, as we've mentioned previously. I mean, we've also got ourselves, we've got an under-11s, and under-13s. Uh, we share an under-15s with Monty as well. Um, so, I mean, we we do our best. And when I say we, I mean, a lot of credit has got to go down to Yulara Jones, Richard Jones, Yain Griffiths, Preston Fletcher, uh, all of the people who are involved in the youth coaching, Ian Corshaw, Paul Wilkes, if he still does it. You know, they put in a hell of a lot of time and effort into making this 
possible and you know putting a lot of hard work and you know our near neighbors knocking do it do a similar thing and it just you know and it it does show that you can you you can build it but it's you you need you need people who are ready to put the coaching in and maybe if the ECB, if we look at this as a bigger thing, if the ECB want this as a requirement for their Premier Divisions and they want teams to aspire to get to that and they want um, English cricket to get better, maybe they need to invest in more coaching, more, you know, in getting more coaches out there, you know, and get more accessibility out to smaller clubs, bigger clubs, you know. The bigger clubs will always be big, you know, and they will always have access to facilities, you know, and the better cricket gets at the bottom, you know, the more the more talent that there's going to be and the better the bottom is, the better the top is, you know. The better the bottom end, the better the top end. Will Do you know eventually. what I think, I, I think there are an awful lot of courses out there. It's the lack of people willing to, to go on them, I think. I'm always getting notification of training courses, coaching courses, scoring courses. They're happening all the time. I just don't think there's a take-up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think... Um, one thing over the last few years I've noticed is um, we've gone from obviously prem, prem division cricket always had uh, um, umpires um, and uh, official umpires. And then obviously lower down, you had your own umpires back in the day in division one. Now they're using the, uh, the umpires on the panel. And there's a lot more, I would say a lot more umpires out there on the panel these days and that was due to they brought the courses out and a lot more people got involved, didn't they? Mm. Um, I think the same as with coaching, it goes through periods. I mean, some clubs, I mean, you've just just said a, lo- a load of names there, Hill, that do great things for your cricket club. A lot of clubs haven't got the, uh, the, the members. They haven't got, you know, the potential for that. I'm sure a, a mate of mine, Conor Glendening, if I had a chat with him, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have the, the, the same amount of people that are willing to do what a lot of them lads do. It's, it's lads and ladies do it's 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 very difficult for a lot of these clubs Mm. yeah you know the all-stars the dynamos those things they've been doing really good for youth cricket and you know i'm not saying that i'm not saying that you know the ecb aren't doing really good things and moving Mm. things in a positive direction i just think why aren't people going on these courses why you know there are still there are still a lot you know Mm. (laughs) quite a few shropshire coaches but why why aren't there more what what can we do to encourage more people into into that line of work which it maybe is, it's a line maybe of this work. will maybe this will help mm. you know maybe this will help um you know it, it you've got to think though it's voluntary work and for a lot of people that work i mean someone like myself uh, i find it hard in the summer you know running running grasshoppers evenly and working it's it's very difficult and playing the cricket so mm. um i mean i'm a level two coach but you find it hard running uh-uh. andy <laughs> 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 oh you is, is that the thing then because you know cricket takes up if you're playing cricket uh, it takes up a lot of your life you know you're playing midweek you're then training yeah. at least once a night then you're playing on a saturday which takes up your whole day and then sometimes you're playing a sunday so it's already take it's potentially already taken up four nights a year week yeah, you know, then coaching on top of that is, yeah, I think I mean we it's something that's got to be dealt with at a higher level than here at the Cow Corner podcast. Anyway. Yeah, it's, but, it's um, a discussion discussion to be had though. I think you know I I agree with you. There needs to be more mm. coaches, um, you know, in Shropshire cricket. But you know, I, it's it's a big big 
thing you talk about is a lot a lot of work needs to happen oh yeah i mean like yeah i know there's cricket shops should do a lot of great things anyway yeah and, they do you know it's <laughs> no way to dig out it's more kind of i'm more talking about the ecb as a general and kind of where things are moving and you know they've got they've got all these big plans and things and it's just i just worry that the parameters of what you need to get into the highest league may you know what if getting into the Birmingham League after a few and you establish yourself, you can then develop and push on. Maybe that's the attraction that clubs need to get new players in. And it kind of becomes a closed gate, at which point, what's the, you know, what, why why not it become kind of like the NFL where you just have the same 2020, 2024 teams competing every year. And then you get a new franchise who joins in, you know, <laughs> voted in. And, so, you know, you could, it becomes a closed shop. But yeah, again, that's a, another conversation for another one of our podcasts. Uh, but yeah, it, it has ventured on to Ludlow, our champions, uh, but uh, didn't go up in Whitchurch, uh, gave their best, but ultimately fell short. Something that surprised you, Andy? I mean, they've put a lot of effort in the last few years to getting to this point, and this season being the closest they've come to winning the title, obviously not quite winning the title, but got themselves to where they wanted to be. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, uh, hats off to Ludlow for winning the league, but um, without Jason Oakes, who we might speak about a bit later, scoring all the runs he did, um, you know, without him, it would have been a struggle. Um but then with, with Whitchurch, I think as a team, I think I criticise them a little bit at uh, the start of the season, just just saying they might take a bit of time to gel. Um, you know, but fair play, they gelled, they come good. And at the end of the season, it actually looked like they were going to go on and win it at, at one point. Uh, but Ludlow, they did hold on. That one point was was just all it takes. It only takes one point to win the league and uh, fair play to them. But as I say, Whitchurch, I did have a look. Um you know, you're up against it. It's playoffs. It's um, it's it's never easy. It's never easy. I mean, for any team uh, at that level, you need your full team. You need every everyone available and fit. Um, yeah, I think they were. I think they were missing a couple of players as well throughout, uh, which is a big loss for them. But yeah, I I wasn't surprised they didn't go go up. Um, I mean, a, any team that finishes. Uh, finishes second you would expect them to have a harder time than the team that wins the league but mm. you know they were that tight in a way you couldn't say that so yeah but it's unfortunate it would have been nice to have another Shropshire club up there so going through the Premier Division this season so in first place we've got Ludlow on 363 points one point behind them as we've mentioned Whitchurch on 362 in third place Quat first 11 on 341 in fourth place Sentinel uh, on 321 the not so sinking ship um on um in fifth place Wellington first 11 on 301 points in sixth place Maidley with 282 points joint with Newport first 11 four points behind them Shelton first 11 on 278 then this is where it starts to get interesting based on everything that might happen. So in ninth place, so fourth bottom, 193 points. So that's 85 points behind Shelton, um, St. George's first 11. Then 15 points behind them in 10th, 
last season's relegated Birmingham League side, Oswestry First Eleven. In 11th place, 15 points behind them, Old Scott Heath First Eleven. And then in 12th, 50 points behind them, Schiffnell Second Eleven. Now, before we go on to this, the main topic of discussion through most of the Shropshire League, before all of that news, was how many teams are going to go up and how many are going to go down? Obviously, based on um, one team going up and there being one side coming down, it would have been two up, two down, as the league handbook suggested that they would try and keep to throughout all of the divisions in the league. Now, given that Wem have come down and no side has come up, that obviously creates an imbalance. So, what do we think, guys? Is it going to be one up, two down, or two up, three down, or something completely different? And we'll start <laughs> with Joss. Um, I, I think, or I hope, it'll be one up, two down. Um. But I'm not sure. I mean, you touched on it there when you're going through the league table. There's 85 points between St. George's and Shelton. I mean, they, they surely can't relegate four. A lot will depend on what they do with these teams in the Birmingham League that aren't meeting their criteria. Um, but yeah, for me, one up, two down is, is probably the fairest. A bit, um, okay, if you came second and don't go up, it's a bit disappointing. But um yeah, if you get, if you third from bottom and go down, I think that's that's really harsh for me. So I think one up, two down would be the fairest way of doing it. But who am I to to decide? Andy, uh, it's a difficult one. I'm absolutely with Joss on that. I understand what he's saying, but for me, I would probably go with uh, two up and three down. Personally, I think um, I don't know. It's it, it's a difficult one. Obviously, it, it, on what they decide, it's going to go all the way through the leagues, isn't it? It's not just going to be this league. It's going to be the league below, the league below that. It's going to run all the way down. Um, as you say, that gap between Shelton and, and St. George was at 85 points, you say. Yeah. It's it's a lot of points. Um, I don't think they... Obviously, they can't. They can't um, relegate four. Um, but three, I think... I think the top two in each league, I think they'll feel hard done by if they don't get promotion, to be honest with you. Obviously, the team that finishes first surely will get promoted. Um, but if you finish second thinking that you're going to go up, I think it's 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 very harsh. Obviously, then it is, it's difficult for the teams that finish third bottom thinking, oh, you know, we thought we had to finish third bottom to stay up. But unfortunately, when you're at that end of the table, um, you know, it's it, it might be harsh, but you finished there for a reason. So, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago, we were talking to the Rockstar lads and they were absolutely devastated that they'd gone down uh, and put into Division 3, but they proved uh, that they, they deserved to be higher. And I think, again, we'll talk about them a bit later, but they finished second there. Like, imagine if they're told you're not going up. It has an effect on everyone. It's it's unbelievable. So it's going to be difficult, but I would go with two two up, three down. Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, I've already. What's that, Ross? One of my big bugbears is that you don't know at the end of the season what you're playing for. Oldbury is a prime example. Yeah, we didn't know whether we were safe or not. It's, I, I know they can't really. Well, they, they can't foresee that it's going to be a team coming down for the Birmingham League and not one going up. But they should have contingency measures in place for me that if mm. that snow does happen, this is what we're going to do. So you know. 
from the outset what the, what the knock-on effect will be of a, a team coming down. The biggest issue there, whenever we have to wait till two. The biggest uh, issue there, though, Joss, is um, if if Werfield, us and Bridge North all went down, you can't have a a thing in place to say five up, three down. Oh, you know, it'd be all over the shop. So it's, I can understand why there's a bit of flexibility there, but the trouble is, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait. There's a lot of teams are going to have to wait for quite some time to know. What, what what's going to happen and mm. as we've just found out from the Shropshire League and James will bring it up later is that the top division has decided that we're going to be wearing colour clothing this season well for a lot of these teams they need time to organise that and they're not going to know if they're in the league mm. you know I'm sure Shrewsbury and Bridge North already have that in place which they will do because they play in uh, a lot of their second team as playing the, the competitions the knockouts but you know for teams like Oswestry and you know, St. George, if any, clubs need to know. They need to know what's going on. And I think the Birmingham League meeting is sometime in December, isn't it? Yeah. So I think, I think we, the, we can't make a decision. So yeah, it's mental. I think, yeah, I think the Shropshire League were looking at having the Prem um, Div 1 news out. Yeah, or was it just the Prem? I can't I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Really good research as always here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um they always look to try and get the news out pretty swift for those sides. Um mm. but I always think that they I think the Prem and Div One are kind of different to the how they judge the rest. I think everyone at, once you get past division four, it's a little bit more flexible. They are a bit more creative with what goes on, I think. In the Prem and Div 1, they always try and keep to two up, two down. And then Div 2, Div 3, they'll try and keep that as close as possible, but also have a look at it. Again, yeah. I've, I've, as I've said, I've already had my own say on the extra podcast. But if you haven't listened to it, um, the main gist of it was I thought that it'd take a brave man to relegate Oswestry. And I think that they may look at it and say that Oswestry are a strong club and uh, they may just promote one. And obviously, given previous history with sides who have gone up from uh, Division 1, especially second 11 sides, you know, Shrewsbury second 11 last year, rock bottom, weren't they? Or very near to rock bottom. Um, Schiffnell second 11 this season, exactly the same. You know, who's to say, you know, and they were, they were the, they were the pick of the second 11s, you know. Yeah. The only trouble with that, mate, is you, you, as a committee, you can't look at a club and say, oh, Oswestry is strong. If St. George's finished below them, would they relegate St. George's? You, I don't think you can look at it and go, we just spoke about it. Big club, little club. It doesn't work like that. It should be It should be at the same level. You play, if the rules are there in place or they decide three go down, they can't change it on the fact that it's Oswestry Cricket Club. It's, yeah, it's not I fair. Know, I, so, no, I know that, but they, but they also, in previous years, I have known them be like, give be like justify double promotions and other sides because of the amount that certain sides have recruited. So you do know that that is taken into consideration. Um, I know it's, I'm just saying it's, maybe it's just a hard decision. I, it may not be, it's, it may it's not be, but, yeah. I, but it may, it does, it does may just trigger something in someone's head. And it's, yeah, I just, I think they may find it a bit easier. And like we've said before, that gap between Division 1 and the Prem is massive. Mm-hmm. And I think also the gap between Division 2 and Division 1 is pretty, is decent as well, mm. you know. So on, on that situation before we're talking about, so Oswestry, if they went down, it'd be Bridge North going up. So, they're, also, they're also a big club. And if 
it's, it's one of them. Like, I can't say like, I'd struggle to see that. Them say Oz Street wouldn't because Bridge North are also a massive club, good ground, county ground. Mm. Yeah, Shrewsbury second eleven and Bridge North second eleven both go up. Yeah, I'd be very happy for that to happen. I'm not saying I'm just I'm just saying if they are looking mm. at it, they will think to themselves potentially. It's quite a big gap. The last two times that second 11s have gone up, they finished bottom. Would no, we? Agree, would would you? That, yeah. Would you? Would you relegate Oswestry, who are first 11, who you'd probably put? If you were to put a bet on, who would probably do? If if both sides were in the division next season, who would perform better out of Oswestry first 11 and Bridge North second 11? Who are you going to put your money on? You know, you probably if you're if you're putting your mortgage on it, you probably. Mm. Hedge, you know, it may it may not. It may be more 50-50 than I know. But you know, the, the only the only trouble with that is again, it's it's all a guessing game because really, if if Bridge North go up, a lot of clubs players might look at them and go, well, bloody hell, they're playing now. I mean, take for example, Darren Moody moved to Shelton this year because he he moved to Shelton knowing their first team play in the Prem and their second team play Division One, so he's guaranteed Division One cricket. But if he gets promoted, can play in the first team. So with Bridge North going up to the Prem, they will might attract more players. So they might be better than Oswestry next year. If Oswestry then go down, they might lose players because they've got some very, very good players still at Oswestry Cricket Club. I know that for a fact. There's, there's some good, very good cricketers and it's a shame to see them where they are. So it's it's difficult because it's all ifs and buts. You, you know, to, to say the side's not good enough because they're weak, they're obviously not because they finished in the position, you know, they finished second, second in the league. I mean, I mean to beat... If Bowman Heath were in second place, because they're not a second team, you'd look at Bowman and go, they're a big club. You know, it's all ifs and buts. It's very difficult. And that's why we're not on the committee, because you wouldn't want to be on the committee, would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no, we'd, uh, no. I'm not saying at any point that... James Hill for the committee. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get on there. No, we'd lose half the clubs in, uh, in Shropshire Cricket. <laughs> Alberbury Ober, being the Prem next season. <laughs> just just let me open the ball <laughs> <laughs> Joss, head of play cricket. Eleven uh, down, ten up. Aubrey <laughs> 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 oh, for the Bram. But no, I, no. All, I, all I'm just trying to say is that is that is potentially how they might think. So. Back onto the Prem, obviously. Um, anything that surprises you with the with the Prem this season, with the way it's finished? I mean, I, I think Oswestry are probably there, the one club you look at and think, okay, they're, um, you know, I thought they'd go down and, and probably bounce back up, but with a lot of losses and uh, of players, I think, you know, it was a sh- it was a shame, but I still I'm still surprised they're there. I really am, and maybe the other one would be would be Quat. I thought Quat might have uh, have given it the bigger this year. Um, I did say in the last podcast they are an aging side, and I think they do need to bring a bit more youth through. And I'll I'll say you already said it earlier, but Sentinel continue to prove us wrong. So well done to them. And can I also off my congratulations to lad on winning the league. Uh, but yeah, Sentinel superb season again. You know, only <coughs> twenty points off third. Um, as Andy said, Oswald Street very disappointing season for them, a big club. Uh, the two promoted teams did all right. St George's and Shelton should yep. should keep their place. Um, also disappointed to see all Scott down in the relegation places. We had Carl as a guest a couple of months ago, you know, talk us through the plans they've got at all Scott. So it'd be a shame to see them go down. They've started the plans um, as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
it's fantastic. I think sometimes with a club like that, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about where they're going to be. I think they're going to be up and down. And, and, and when they get this new Pavi, I think they will they will attract a lot of players. So they're, they're, they're a club, although they might be going down, they, they're a club on the up, I think. They'll be okay. fine. Talking of clubs on the up who have had a pretty difficult season, Shelton finding themselves in eighth. Another good season in the Prem. And after all of the issues with their much spoken about issues about their pitch, good to see them challenging and, you know, not too far off the big five. Nah, they're they're a good side, Shelton. They've got they've got a really good squad now. And I mean, a good mate of mine, Dan, Dan Walker opening the bat in scoring runs. They had a very good overseas in the end. He come over. He took a little bit of time to get uh, get used to the uh, conditions over here. But I, yeah, I think they're a good side. I mean, a lot of the lads have played together for a long, long time. And added the additions of Dan Walker from Ponsbury a couple of years ago. You know, I think they've got a good balance there. I think they're, they're a club on the up, another club on the up. And also, I mean, how? I mean, you're never going to struggle to attract players with the Pavian. You know, facilities like they have. I know they've had trouble with the pitch, but I spoke to Dan this week. He's um, he's he's got the pitch sorted, and hopefully next season the pitch is okay. You know, they'll they'll be bang banging on again, and, and hopefully they can push up the table even further. Good man. Trouble is, Andy. Look at their second. Their second team really struggled last year and did one. Yeah, a terrible season. Yeah, I think I think you're going to have ups and downs. I think it's a high, it's a high division, though, Division One for a second team, especially with the first in the Prem. I think you look at all the clubs, really. Um, you know, their second teams they, they do they do struggle. I mean, obviously some of the clubs are fine, like Wellington seconds have, have had a good season, but yeah, I don't know. Division One, it, it's very difficult to to have, get two teams out a week and and do yeah. well in the Prem and Div One. I yeah, think. you look when you when you say second team struggle, you kind of mean if you're not Birmingham League caliber. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Basically, yeah. is because yeah, it's difficult. You know the teams that are doing well up there. You know Wellington, yeah. as you mentioned, Bridge North, Shrewsbury, Wherefield. You know Birmingham League, Birmingham League sides, all sides like that. Do you think that overseas have been the biggest difference in the Premier Division this season? Obviously, Sentinel finishing high, high, Mikhail doing really well, Ludlow's overseas, quite underperforming potentially due to their overseas. I think overseas always make a big difference at clubs. I mean, my mate Mickey at Sentinel's done absolutely fantastic all-round ability. He's got it's fantastic. But I think if you look at it, I mean, Sentinel have always been up there. Um and I remember back in the day when I was there, you know, we had our up and downs when it comes to overseas. You get one over and they're not necessarily good. We've had a few patchy uh, times, a few years in a row, I think we had uh, players come in that weren't weren't fantastic. But yeah, I think they make a big difference. Ludlow, uh, you know, they've had a great season all round and a lot of their players have chipped in and done very well. But mm. I mean, what Jason Oakes has done is transformed them as a team. So they do make a big difference. I, I I can't disagree with that, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Mm. Do you think a better overseas and what would have been put contest? Well, <laughs> would have taken the title this season. I was about to say contest the playoffs, but they wouldn't have got there. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I was very surprised. They didn't take the, the overseas from the year before. Um, Richard, see, I saw him playing for one born in the, in the Warfield slam and, He's got a lot of ability and I think they really, really missed him this year. So, yeah, I completely agree with that because they got the experience in the team. Um, but, 
you know, it's it's one of them. It is potluck sometimes. You don't know what you're going to get, do you? No. Okay, then. So let's move on to the players and the starts in the Premier Division. So leading the way with the runs, as we've mentioned before, Jason Oaks of Ludlow with 1,144 runs, a high score of 193 not out, an average of 63.56, including two fifties and four tons, at a strike rate of 97.2. In second place, Imesh Udayanga of Maidley, 934 runs. Mm-hmm. In third, Sakib Akbar, 900 runs. In fourth, William Mishinga, 832 runs. Mikhail of, of Sentinel, uh, 828 runs. In sixth place, Siobhan Brooks of Shelton with 826 runs. In seventh place, Ridwan Dyer of St. George's Cricket Club with 793 runs. In eighth place, Josh Darley of Oswestry Cricket Club, 716 runs. In ninth place, Kunal Debas with 642 runs. And in tenth place, Michael Robinson with 632, an average of 33. Tons in the Premier Division. So we've got Jason Oates got four. Michael Robinson got three. Sakib Akbar got two. The following also got two. Siobhan Brooks, Ridwan Dyer, Dan Walker, Dan Lloyd, Will Sparrow. The following all got one. Imesh Udiyanga, William Mashinga, Mikhail Pile, Josh Darley, Luke Miles, Salim Ahmed, Ryan Weldon, Chris Miller, Rob Clark. Sam Morgan, Oliver Plank, and Andrew Lloyd. With the ball, leading the wickets in the Premier Division is Dan Lloyd with 53 wickets with a best of 6 for 29, 5-5 five, five wicket hauls, an average of 10.51. In second place, Shabir Khan, 51 wickets with a best of 6 for 14. In third place, Mikhail Pillay, 49 wickets. In fourth, Shafiq Ahmed with 47 wickets. In fifth, joint, we've got George Cheshire of Sentinel and Joe Williams of Ludlow, both with 45. In seventh, we've got Ridwan Dyer with 42 wickets. In eighth, we've got Imesh Udiyanga with 41. And then in joint ninth place, we've got Scott Ferber and Johnny Evans. So, guys, in the Prem, who stands out to you there? Uh, obviously, Jason Oates is a tremendous season. I can get over 1,000 runs, 1,000 league runs in the Prem. And like Andy said, what he's done with Ludlow, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, delighted to see Mickey Pillay there in the runs as well. And Josh Darley's done well as well. But also, fair play. He's seen play for rough, I think he plays rough and tumblers, doesn't he, midweek? So yeah. Uh, with the ball, delighted to see the Evans abstentor in the top ten. Scott Further steady playing with some indoor, very good. So, good few names there. Beef. Yeah, I sort of agree with Joss with Jason Oates, which is just absolutely revitalised uh, Ludlow. Um, good to see Mickey have a have a great all round season with uh, with his eight hundred odd runs, his forty nine wickets, amazing season. Uh, Dan Walker deserves a shout out definitely uh, as, lot as with his couple of tons getting 
you know, 600 plus for the season's magnificent. And if, if you don't know Dan Walker from Shelton, he's a great young keeper. And I think he's got a hell of a lot of potential. I would be very, very surprised if Birmingham League clubs aren't pushing for, for his signature. Um, Bowling-wise, though, I've, I've got to say Dan Lloyd, ever so consistent, does brilliant, brilliantly with the ball every year. But to have three Sentinel boys in the, the top 10, as a bowler that used to play at Sentinel, I think that's a really, really good season for Sentinel. So well done, boys. And that is George Cheshire, Johnny Evans and Mickey Pillay. Yeah, I want to uh, mention Saki Bakbar of uh, Newport. Obviously came from CNR Hawks back in 2019 and his third season now with Newport and definitely his best one, his real breakout season. Played uh, played a lot of games this season, um, unlike the last few. And yeah, 900 runs, an average of 56. Really good. I'm really impressed by that and uh, really good to see. And be interesting to see how he does next season. And obviously leading the way with quite a few overseas around him, him and Josh Darley, <coughs> the, the best of the rest, really. Yeah. Obviously then with the ball, as we've mentioned before, you know, Dan Lloyd, 53, Shabir <coughs> Khan, 51, you know, George Cheshire up there, 45. Joe Williams, 45. Uh, good to see Johnny Evans up there with 40 as well. You know, good to see some young blood up there. And uh, yeah, let's move ourselves so, on. Can we just just a quick mention for Luke Miles as well, who was just just underneath them as well with the runs. So he got 500 plus. But uh, I had the, it was very lucky and very fortunate to play in a Shropshire game with Luke this year. And I just want to say that we, we played away against Wiltshire in a free day and he did not look out of place. And he played... Some absolutely superb cricket. So well done, Luke. Deserved the call up. Okay, who had uh, half an hour into the podcast until Andy brought up that you played for Shropshire? <laughs> Not uh... gonna bite. <laughs> okay, and on that one, we'll move ourselves on to Division One. Okay, so in Division One, as we've mentioned before, the title winners this season were Shrewsbury second eleven with three hundred and forty-five points, six points behind them. Bridge North second eleven went all the way down to the wire, went down to the final game. Really good in Division One this season. You know there could have been four sides who could have gone up in third place. Bowmere Heath first eleven, three hundred and twenty-eight points, so eleven points behind Bridge North. Then in fourth place, seven points behind them, Wellington second 11 and then six points behind them Chirk first 11 who did lead for quite a lot of the way then eight points behind them in sixth Frankton first 11 then a jump down to seventh 40 points behind them Newtown first 11 36 points behind them Kund first 11 then 15 points behind them Werfield second 11 16 points behind them Alberbury first 11 Three points behind them, Chelmarsh first eleven, and then ninety-seven points behind them, Shelton second eleven. So a really hard-fought division this year, and some really good sides. And yeah, can't disagree with the sides here at the top. And what a division Division One's turning out to be. It's very tight, isn't it? Very tight. Um, as you say, there's a lot of a lot of second teams. Uh... A lot of second teams up that. that is that you, Joss? <laughs> Bloody hell, it sounds like you've got Billy Gale going on in your bedroom. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of second teams in this. Oh, just... <laughs> he just farted. What is Joss doing? No, it's, it's one of my mouthpiece up and down. It makes that noise. 
Oh, I was gonna say, oh, I can't hear it. Sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a freaking helicopter. Anyway, so yeah, the, there's a lot of second teams at the top top end of the table. Um, I don't know if that tells you something that they them clubs are getting a lot stronger. Um, but then the rest of it, you know, I think you know the clubs that are, we expected to be up there were up there. The big big one, obviously, was Frankton when their overseas went home. We did say um, as a as a collective group. You know what were they going to be like? Because uh, obviously that Lenton's um, stat start of the season were absolutely incredible, weren't they? Mm. Um, so really, it's it's one of them. Quite quite surprised they've ended up where they have. I thought they would would have at least stayed up up the top top three or four. Um, but again, I mean teams like Newtown, Kund, you know they used to be pushing the other end of the table, and, and now you know there's there, there is a shift, there is a change. But it is a very, very tight league. I mean, God, it was a yo-yo league all season, wasn't it? Yeah. There's there's not many points between any of them, really. It's six, you know, 60 points between Newtown and Beaumont in third, which over the course of the season, you know, that's I mean, it's quite quite a decent amount, but it's, you know, it's 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 a few wins. It's a few wins. And, you know, you've you like you mentioned, Andy, there's some sides in there, you know, Kund. Newtown, Frankton, who who were up there, and you've got a lot of sides that used to be Prem or thereabouts, and like we said, and like we prophesied before, you know, these second 11s of the big sides are getting better, and while Shrewsbury yeah. second 11 do what they normally do, they start off well, they then tail off, and then they get really good when all the availability comes back in, and they've got yeah, all their exactly. players, and then they go and absolutely smash it, and then Bridge North have been quietly going about their business, staying under the radar and then a real good late push and um, ne- nearly pipped it and nearly won it in the end. And uh, Bomir getting better every season. Obviously, mm. some really some players really stepping up this season and doing well with the bat and the ball. Wellington second 11, getting better every season. Church first 11, you know, we tipped them and they were doing really well. And then... It's just tailed off a bit of availability. Uh, not. It's always that time of year when I know. Sorry to bring his name up again, but Andrew Swarbrick, when he goes and plays football, it really struggles. Not you know they they've still got very good players, but if you've got someone of his caliber, you yeah, know, with the bat and with the ball, it makes mm-hmm. a hell of a hell of a lot of difference. As you've mentioned, Frankton with the overseas, they were absolutely flying. Um, but again good side and you tip them to go again next season as with Newtown then you've kind of got your group of five down the bottom Kund, Werfield, Alberbury and well those three sides there was only a few points separating them all season you know some sides would break away at the start Alberbury were the side who broke, broke away at the start of the season then fell back then Kund went up and then you know then Werfield came back at it then then Chelmarsh came with a late run towards yeah. the end of the season and brought themselves back into play. You know, Connor Glendening, I wouldn't say, you know, there are a lot, there are other players in the Chelmarsh side, but he is one big, big player for them. And, you know, yeah. with bat and ball, he, you know, single-handedly t- taking them forwards with, with his runs and his wickets, you know, nearly nearly getting them to a place where you could say they're they're potentially survived but obviously knowing what we know now with the divisions the bottom two are probably definitely 
are definitely gone. Now, yeah. what happens to the rest of the rest of the sides? We don't know, but yeah, it's it's been a tasty league, but it's also kind of you know everyone's kind of competed with each other. There've been you know it's been a bit like the championship in football. You know, other sides have been taking points off each other, and it's just a it's just a matter of consistency. I exactly, think, the league. You know, all of the seeds, all of the sides in this division have got the potential to. If they put consistency, you know, if they could consistently put performances together, any side could go up there. The difference is, is the sides who are up there do it week in, week out, whereas the sides who are at the bottom can only do it once in a blue moon. Yeah, I think um, one thing we were talking about earlier, by the way, just just to send out is we were going to say that looking at looking at this league, obviously with Shrewsbury being top, it's obviously going to benefit their club massively next season if their seconds are in the Shropshire Prem, because we were talking about the gap and obviously being a WEM player, you know, the gap between the first and the seconds does hinder the the club. Mm. Well, we were talking earlier, I, I didn't really think too much about it, but with, when you said Oswestry, they might get looked at as a club that maybe they'll only promote one in this league. But for Bridge North, that'd be massive to be in the Prem because you think the players that attract, uh, you know, to come to Bridge North next season, knowing that they could play Prem cricket and play Birmingham League cricket if they if they show potential. So it's massive for them two clubs at the top, isn't it? Laying some hints there, are we, Andy? Um, in third place, Bowmere, good to see them back though, Andy. I think um, they're, a, they're a club in a rebuild. I mean, I look at their side now and, yeah, they're, they're probably not as strong as they were, um, you know, back three or four years ago when they were in the Prem. They were a good side, very good side then, but... To get Tom Ellis back, massive. And I've got to be honest, like we're going to talk about him after, but Jake Northwood has gone from Frankton and uh, he's just had a great first season at Boma Heath. He's absolutely flown this year. Uh, he's taken quite a lot of wickets. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're a club on the up, hopefully. Um, they're, I mean, they're always up there, aren't they? They've always been a bit of a, a, bit of a yo-yo club as well, though, uh, up and down. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Is there anyone who surprises you in Division 1 and? Oh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Maybe I would say Newtown. I would expect Newtown to be slightly higher. And then maybe the other one might be probably Albury Cricket Club being a third bottom possible possible relegation for them I, I mean for years and years Albury were a Division 1 club finishing in the top four mm. every top about fourth every season for God knows how long so you know there is a slight change in the league isn't there it is changing dramatically but 
I think uh, a few clubs are on a rebuild. Frankton, I know for a fact, you know, they've got some good youngsters. They're a good side. You know, they're only going to get better through the years. Mm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, with Albury, it's been, you know, we've mentioned it's been a tough year for availability with players and things. But I think generally, I think we've played better than we have in most seasons. Um, we've just snatched a fit. Snatch defeat out of the jaws of mm. victory in many games, and you look at some of those games. You know, the game against Kund very close. The game against Werfield really close. Even last game of the season against Bridge North, probably should have won that as well. You know, and small small margins. You know, though three wins there, we're mid. You know, we're mid table. We're we're seventh. Mm. You know, and there's no. You know, but they're, yeah. they're, they're very small margins, which make a, a massive difference. But that also gives me confidence that whatever yeah. happens to Alberbury next season, if Alberbury stay in Division One, I'm very confident that we'll give a good run of it because the side's young. A lot of you, because Alberbury's had a big turnover of players. You know, the the side has never been as young as it is. I have no. to say a big shout out to the lad who's been opening our bowling, 14 year old Jason Joseph. Absolutely spectacular. Um, I won't say too much more because um, I do kind of want him to play for us next season. Um, <laughs> but um, what, you know, what's Joss? What's Joss's uh, analysis of your, your first team this season? Yeah, I agree with everything here. He said we had some really close games. When you look at the last game of the season, played Bridge North, we finished second, and really we should have won that game. Uh, dropped some key catches, but you know we posted two hundred and thirty odd, which is a decent score. Had them four down for very or three down for very little, um, but we just let them get away with it. Really, mm. uh, a lot of he said the game against Kun was lost by one run. It's a very close game, and that league. Sorry, I had to nip out of the room. You may have already covered this, but it was so close between the top six. It was only about thirty-five points or something, and then Newtown a bit on their mm. own, and then seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Very little between them and then Shelton, obviously a bit bit off the pace, but a very very good league for me. I enjoyed. I, the I was going to say, so I did enjoy. Am I right in saying that I, you, I didn't really see games where you got absolutely battered? There wasn't no. that many games where you got absolutely destroyed, blown out of the water. So, I think it does show that it's a it's, it is a very very uh, competitive league, almost like the championship. I do, I, I, you know, whatever you think of him, um, and I know he divides opinion across the league, and especially on this podcast, but the loss of Garrett Houston and his bowling for Alberbury this year has been massive. His bowling this season could have made a, a, a massive difference, and his injury and him not being able to play, and it, it affected his batting a bit as well, you know, and it's... Having having a player like him miss a couple of games and also not being able to bowl for the majority of the season, especially also and also not being able to concentrate beyond thirty runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes makes a massive difference as well. But you know, like like I was saying, Joss, it's you know it's been it's been a bit of a rebuild over the last couple of years, isn't it? At Albury, we've got a younger team in, and the fact that we're still competing with a lot of these sides who are at the top and. You know, it, it does show that we're a young side, as in that we're kind of inconsistency with results. Um, but things can only get better. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It's it's great to these youngsters are coming on. Um, and the Joseph lads, not just Jason in the first, but Justin as well, who's joined us last year. What a phenomenal 
prospect he is as well. Mm. The younger lad, the youngest of the lot, nine, he's nine years old, is um, as good as either of them, I believe. Um, but it's not just them. You've got Freddie, Freddie Dale coming on. Mm. Tom Butler, okay, he's a little bit older, but he's well worth his place in the first with bat and ball. Um, some of them, because we've had such uh, problems with our second team, have probably been playing a little bit above their standard, but it won't do them any harm as long as they don't mind getting battered <laughs> and the second team captain regularly playing for the first team. But <laughs> there you go. Not my. But well. yeah, it's um, that you know, in a couple of years we'll we'll reap the benefits of that. Hopefully. Yeah. Do you do you think it if you went down would it be a horrendous thing? Um, no, I've said it. I've, I've, I've said it about a lot of clubs. I mean, with Rockster when they uh, they weren't happy about their their was it double relegation or their relegation due to a team getting double promoted, but they they've gone back and and I think the rebuild of their club. I think they're a stronger club now than they would have been if they'd have stayed in that league. I think you always want to play at the highest standard possible, don't you? And you want to compete. You want to compete at the against these teams, and you know you want to you yeah. want to play at Shrewsbury and Bridge North. But there, you look at and, Division Two, and it is like you mentioned earlier, Andy. Alberbury used to finish fourth every year. A lot of the sides who are in that Division Two are the sides that we played in Division One, and I, you know, I don't think there are too many people who would be too bothered. But again. From from my end, I would I would I would always love to stay in Division One. Joss, but the, the frustration for me is that we proved the frustration for me is that we proved that we can actually compete in that league. We just didn't quite get the results, but we are we are good enough to stay in Div One. Yeah, I mean that that's the frustration. If we go down, we go down. It's not the end of the world. It's just a little bit frustrating that we could hold our own in Div One. Mm. Yeah, now, unfortunately, potential doesn't win. <laughs> cricket games um, and that's and that's been the issue but you, because, you know you look at you look, you. You look, no, no. <laughs> I tried my best at Chirk but we'll, we'll we'll get on to that later on but yeah so Joss anything that jumps out oh, oh it took you an hour <laughs> <laughs> oh mate I know um, anyway uh, anything that jumps out at you at Division 1 mate uh, for me um, I think Newtown will be very disappointed with their season. They're always, for me, top four, looking possibly for promotion. So to finish so far off the pace, they'll be very disappointed with that, I think. Exactly what I said. That is just... Disappointing season for them. Yeah. Um, Well done to Shrewsbury Seconds. Congratulations on winning the league. And, um, yeah, so so tight up the top, as I say. With two games to go, I think any one of six teams could have won it. And well done, Chirk as well. Chirk had a really good season. Okay, they couldn't go up had they had they finished in the top two, but they, they've done really well since joining the league. Fair play to them. And a good bunch of lads as well. Yeah, a well-competed league this year, and it just shows it's wide open. And next season, I wouldn't like to bet on who would go up um, because I think it's anyone's game, and there's potentially some very strong sides coming up from Division 2. But anyway, let's get on to the players and to the statistics. Here we go. So, leading the runs in Division 1, we've got Clannery Glen Denning with 1,101 runs with an high score of 124 at an average of 68. In second place, we've got Alex Starr of Chelmarsh with 629 runs at an average of 39. We've got then Will Rodenhurst of Bridge North with 601 runs with an average of 40. Harry Bolland in fourth of Bowmere Heath Cricket Club 
with 587 runs, a high score of 127 not out, and an average of 41. In fifth place, Nick Flack from Chirk with 568 runs with an average of 47. In sixth, John Anthony with 564. In seventh place, Henry Priest with 546. In eighth place, Leighton Trotsky with eight games, uh, 530 runs, an average of 75 with a high score of 207 not out. In ninth place, Peter Thompson of Bridge North with 523 runs and in 10th place Win Jones of Chirk with 516 tons in division 1 we've got Connor Glendenning with 4 Leighton Trotsky with 3 Harry Bolland and Matthew Hugo with 2 the following all got 1 Will Rodenhurst, Nick Flack, Henry Priest, Peter Thompson, Wynne Jones, Dan Parry, Liam Walker, Toby Jones, Matt Jones Jr., Matthew Martin, William Fox Davis, Charlie Bourne, Grant Mackay, William David Lewin, Dan Humes, Jack Morris, and Jack Taylor. A lot of friends of the podcast in that list. With the ball. Leading the wickets was Joe Monk of Newtown and Jonathan Phillips of Chirk, both with 42. In joint third was Jacob Northwood and Tom Ellis with 40, both of Bowmer Heath Cricket Club. In fifth place, Joe Yap with 38. In sixth place, Yian Griffiths with 36. In seventh, Elliot Ward with 35. In eighth, Luan Franken with 33 and Scott Randall also with 33. And in 10th place, Martin Will and Matt Stinson with 32. Fifers in Division 1. So, with two, we've got Tom Ellis, Jacob Northwood, Connor Green, Scott Hale and Leighton Trotsky. The following all got one. Joe Monk, Joe Yap, Elliot Ward, Luan Frankton, Matt Stinson, Grant Mackay, Harry Bolland, Luke Gardner... Freddie Furnival, Connor Glendenning, Andrew Swarbrick, Piers Rowanhorst, Tom Anderson, David Anthony, Miles Thomas, Sam Morris, James Parker, Freddie Salisbury, Peter Clark, Will Lowe, Henry Dawson, Gian Solkas, and James Hurl. So, guys. Hey. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Generally, the last of the list as well. Um, so guys, who jumps out at you in division one and not the elephant up the tree? Yeah, not James Hill. Um, <laughs> for me, go on, Josh Connor, Connor Glendening, sensational 1101 league runs. And you look at number two in that league is Alex Starr, also of Charmarsh, mm. which, um, you know, we, we, we sort of suggest that might have been a one man team as they were coming up the leagues. Uh, but you look at their third highest run score is actually 52nd in the uh, in the run scores with 246, I think. So they've obviously scored a huge chunk of their runs. So fair play to them, first and second. Yeah, he is a star. Uh, the bowling just shows you Bowmer, the strength of Bowmer, really. We've got um, Tom Allison Jake up there with 40. Jake Northwood, good move from Frankton for him. He's done well, done well at Bowmer. Mm. Big shout out so to Harry Bolland to me, really. and Henry Priest who have both done well with the bat this season for Bowman. Yeah, Harry's had some good knocks and Henry, Henry's always been able to bat and play against him indoor. He plays for Willie. 
gets runs. Uh, it's called had a couple of good knocks against us, actually. So, yeah, fair play to both of them. Good season for Bowman, really. And for me, obviously, I think Josh just nailed it on the head with the batting. Um, very, very fortunate to have Connor Glenn Denning play uh, midweek cricket for me. Um, he's a very, very talented boy with the the bat ball and he does wicket keep as well, uh, which is just ridiculous. So he's, he's a fantastic player. But Alex Starr actually played for Grasshoppers in the Wurfield bash, uh, smash. And I've got to say, I've never seen a boy hit the ball so far. So, I mean, they're very, very blessed to have two cracking batsmen there. Um, but it does make you think, as Joss has just said about, you know, the, the next best batsman being 52nd place and, and a relegation. It looks like it's a relegation for them. It's uh, it's sad times, really, for them players, you know, because they're very loyal to their clubs. It, I think they'll both stay there. So, you know, hopefully they'll bounce back. Um, again, I've written down here, to be fair. I did say Jake, Jake Northwood and Tom Ellis, 40 wickets each. Great season for the Bomer lads. Um it just shows, you know, that the, the, I think they're bouncing back. And <clears throat> I think Tom Ellis just signed back from Wellington and Jake Northwood from Frankton. So, you know, they're, they're two, two reasonably new players. And the other one I pointed out was um, Yian Griffiths, who's chipped in 36 wickets in a team that, again, you, you know, could be relegated. I think that's, you know, it's a very good season. He's still a very young cricketer. So uh, mm. hats off to him. Yeah, mentioning some players that we don't normally mention, I'd like to, you know, Will Rodenhurst, 601 runs, good consistency from him throughout the season for Bridge North. Then also of Bridge North, Matthew, Matty Uglo, uh, their Australian lad, um, played 11 games, um, so three more than Leighton Trotsky and finished 15 runs behind him. So yeah. some good going from him, you know, an average of 64. He also opens the bowling Um tall it's quite hard to go with it but he also bangs it Danny Joss yeah yeah I I, I should mention Leighton Trotsky as well only played eight games and scored 530 runs so had he played a full season <laughs> Lord knows what he might have achieved so I, yeah I, I, I think I remember uh, this by Frankton I should think I, I remember on the podcast wasn't it Garrett said uh, he's going to try and push him all the way <laughs> he only scored 20 more runs on him <laughs> the I season. Know. I know. Uh, oh, Gaza, Gaza finished well, on 491 runs. Um, so, yeah, 39 yeah. runs behind uh, Trotsky. Um, I think Leighton had, had a great start to the season. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about him, really, because, you know, it's it, it didn't, didn't end well, really, for Frankton or him. Um, but he's he's I think he's ruined it for himself, really, going home early. It doesn't look good for him on, like, Crick X, so... It's a shame he didn't stay, and we, we could have seen a lot a lot more out of him, really. And you know, he could have broken all the records if he'd have stayed and, and knuckled down. So, yeah, shame, really. Yeah. Also, big shout out to Jonathan Phillips of Chirk as well. Um, rolling, rolling back the years and uh, finishing uh, joint top of the bowling. Well, the wickets in Division One is. Uh, Great achievement for him, you know, a best of four for three, uh, going at an average of 17. Not too bad, not too bad from the man. And um, Scott Randall as well from Chelmarsh. I was really impressed by him when we played against him this season. I thought he's a tidy little bowler. And uh, yeah, lots of friends of the podcast in there. Um, and uh, Luke Gardner, who who is down in 19th, but again, 
Uh, I was impressed by him, and I yeah, I got a couple absolute seeds uh, from him. And um, yeah, Matt Stinson uh, up there as well. Good season for him, keeping the bold flag flying high for us boldies. Um, so well done, Matt. There. Um, so let's move ourselves on to Division Two. So in Division Two, leading the way as they have been all season. Lillishaw First Eleven, your champions with 443 points, only losing three games and one losing draw. In second place, Rockster and Uppington, 31 points behind them. In third place, 39 points behind them, Ellesmere First Eleven. In fourth place, four points behind them, Beacon First Eleven. And in fifth place, 84 points behind them, Ponsbury first 11. In sixth place, Wellington third 11, three points behind them. In seventh place, 30 points behind them, Forton first 11. Nine points behind them in eighth, Knocking and Kinley first 11. Seven points behind them, Sentinel second 11 in ninth. Then 29 points behind them, Ludlow second 11. In 11th place on 200 points, 7 points behind them are St. George's, 2nd 11. And then in bottom place, 28 points behind St. George's on 172, Montgomery, 1st 11. So first of all, lads, my pre-season prediction of Beacon finishing above Ponsbury and Sentinel, 2nd 11. I'll get the bragging in now. Yeah, well... <laughs> it was it was that long ago, Josh, wasn't it? We do that 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 little pods these days. It's yeah. for, forgotten all about it, haven't we? And also, you just edit the pod, so you can just go back and edit that one we did. So, <laughs> yeah. No one will believe it anyway. And if, I, if I could, if I would have edited it, Josh, I would uh, change it to me picking Lillishall. But um, here we are. But uh, a fantastic <laughs> season for Lillishall, and great to see them next season back in Division One. Yeah, and like you, like you said, Heather, there's a lot of teams there that Albury used to play in Division <clears> 1. It, it looks like a good league, some very good teams in there. Delighted to see Lillishaw back. Um, good to see Rocks had a good good season. They may not go up because of the, um, the reshuffle, as we mentioned earlier. Ponsbury, probably a little bit disappointed with fifth. They've still got some very, very good players for Division 2 there. Yeah, they've got Steve Wilson. I'm not sure how much they played, to be honest. Um, Owen Morris Sentinel I think will be disappointed to be honest I, I, I thought they'd be a lot higher than that their second 11 and very sad to see Monty bottom of the pile again lovely club Monty yeah very sad to see Monty down there Forton in 7th place and get another side that Albury used to play quite a bit a good season for Wellington with their third 11 finishing 6th and it's good signs if your third 11's finishing mid-table in Division 2 and yeah, a bit of a surprise to see St George's second eleven aside who have competed in recent years down down the bottom end uh, for me. Andy, what stands out for you in Division Two? Uh, well, obviously, congratulations to Lillishall. I think they're massively a club on the up. They've had a fantastic season, and Rockstar have pushed them though. Rockstar have done really well again. Delighted to see them there. This I've got to say, not just the fact that a lot of these clubs play in Division One, Joss. Really nice clubs as well, aren't they? You know, yeah, we yeah, used to have, yeah, we used to have some yeah. some really good games in Division One against a lot of these sides. Um, so it's very sad, but I, I mean, I think we did say start of the season. Will Beacon and Ponsbury maybe find their level? 
maybe this proves it, finishing fifth and, uh, was it fourth and fifth? Maybe it is the perfect time for them to rebuild again. I, I don't think it's ever bad for a club if they go down to, to rebuild and start again. Uh, but they've had both had decent seasons, haven't they? I think Ponsbury kicked on a bit later on. And I think Steve Wilson's played enough games, Joss. He took a, quite a few wickets, I think. We'll talk about that after. But again, it's, re- it's really sad to see Monty down at the bottom. But I've got to say, I'm very surprised with St. George's being down there. And Ludlow seconds and Sentinel seconds, it's not, you know, they've scraped, you know, staying up, really. Um it's not where you want your twos to be, really. You need your twos to be, you know, strong and doing well. Does that does that prove their squad's not as strong as we may think? Um, very interesting. Yeah, as you've mentioned, interesting to see a few second eleven sides down there, given the you know the success of second elevens in Division One. Uh, Beacon uh, side, who second eleven did really well in Division Six, uh, coming second in that division this year, missing out very you know marginally uh, from winning that division which shows obviously they're building and moving up obviously it's been a few seasons since they've had an overseas as well for beacon cricket club right so having looked at division the bottom of division one and having looked at the top of division two how do you think that they will um, promote and relegate from this division? Do you think it will be just Lillishaw that will go up? Obviously, there's a bit of a gap between them and Roxeter, but obviously they're both amassed quite a few points. Yeah, I think um, I think Lillishaw and, and Roxeter would do absolutely fine in Division 1, uh, looking at their teams and their squads. I think I think they would do pretty well. And I again, I spoke before about the... Um, I, I'm not going to say it was harsh. The league, the league made their point of relegating Rockster, and Rockster upset about it a couple of years ago, two or three years ago now. Um, I think they'll be really disappointed if they don't go up this year because uh, they really pushed all the way with with Lillishaw. I think they deserve uh, their spot in Division One personally. Um, with the, the the bottom teams, I think obviously St George's, if they do go down, will have to just bounce straight back up. And I would be very surprised if they didn't, because uh, they've always had a good outfit. And Monty, again, you know, they're a club in, in sort of a rebuild. They're going to have to rebuild again. And it's sad to see them where they are, because it's a beautiful club, lovely place to play. Mm. Joss? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Last year, it was Chelmarsh and Charlton that came out last year, wasn't it? To Division 1. They finished second to bottom and bottom. Um, I think I think Lillishaw will do okay. I don't know a lot of their players. They've, they've had a lot of um, new faces arrive, I think. I, I believe Will Askin started playing a little bit again. Mm. Um, so I think Lillishaw will do well. I'm not so sure about Rockster. I hope Rockster do well. Former club of mine. One of the many before someone says it. <laughs> um, I, I hope they hold their own in Division 1. But we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, and who goes up, who goes down. And yeah, let's move ourselves on to the stats in this division. Harvey Wakefield, that's a lot of runs. Shit. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so leading the run scores in Division 2, Harvey Wakefield, what a season for him. 1,083 runs, the high score of 110, average of 63, eight fifties and two tonnes at a strike rate of 95. In second place, Johnny Mitchell of Ellesmere Cricket Club, 734 runs, an average of 52. In third place, Thomas McCreel, 665 of Lillishall. In fourth place, Aaron Eccles, 
653 runs um, from Roxeter. In fifth place from Fortin, Oliver Wilson, 638 runs. In sixth place from Knocking, Sean Davis, 623 runs. In seventh place, Rob Bennett, 580 runs. In eighth place, Charlie Kidson, 574 runs. And in joint ninth place, Ollie Todd of Lillishulf and Mohamed Zahir of St. George's Cricket Club, both with 505 runs. The tons in Division 2. So we have two for Harvey Wakefield, two for Thomas McCrill, two for Aaron Eccles and two for Oliver Wilson. The rest all got one. Johnny Mitchell, Sean Davis, Charlie Kidson, Mohamed Zahir, Simon Rickett, Ralph Bishop, Kieran Barry, Mark Lovelock, Jamie Weir, Niall Salisbury, Nick Bevan, Joe Kiniston, and Freddie Timmis. With the ball, leading the wickets in Division 2 is Guy Leslie with 53 wickets. Best bowling of 5 for 38 with one five-wicket haul at an average of 12. In second place, Matt Sayers from Fortin with 50 wickets. In third place, Stephen Wilson with 45 wickets of Pontsbury. In fourth place, from Ellesmere, Ashley Thomas with 38 wickets. In fifth place, Charlie Conquest with 37 wickets. In sixth place, Scott Kemersley of Ludlow with 34 wickets. In seventh place, from Roxeter, Callum Hodson with 32 wickets. And joint with him from Fulton, Oliver Wilson. And then in joint ninth place, from Roxeter, Dan Harris, Seamus McElroy from Ellesmere and Fortin's Chris Hughes, all with 31. The Fifers in Division 2, we've got... Stephen Wilson with five five-wicket hauls, four five-wicket hauls for Charlie Conquest. The rest all got two. Ashley Thomas, Naz Akhtar and Harjot Singh all got two five-wicket hauls. The rest all got one. Guy Leslie, Chris Hughes, Stephen Bate, Chris Cook, Lewis Davis, Charlie Haylett, George Southall-Brown, Thomas McCreel, Jake Edwards, Luke Dugdale, Daniel Morris, Dominic Hanna, Connor Keenan, Indy Dhaliwal, Matt Ramsey, Alex Fox, Russell Morris, Matt Smart, Ian Howard, Luke Hicks, Niaz Wally Almadzi, and Philip Snape. So, guys, who stands out for you in Division 2? Well, I think you can't really look past Harvey uh, Wakefield, really, can you? Um, I've got to say, um, one of the things that impressed me there is he must have been rather consistent. He only got a couple of hundreds. And with that amount of runs, I think that just proves he's had a really, probably a very consistent season. And I think that applies uh, to the bowlers as well, because, you know, Guy Leslie's only had one five for this season. So it looks like he's spread his wickets around well. Um, me, personally, when I played league cricket, I've always, I've always looked at 50 wickets as sort of, that's the mark you want to hit to say you've had a fantastic season. So that's a good season for him. Uh, Matt Sayers, good to see him get 50 again. Evergreen Steve Wilson, 45 wickets. And I'm also very, very pleased to see Sean Davis scoring runs in uh, in this division. Um, 623, I think he got. I think that's a great season. And he's been such a great cricketer over a long, long time. And he was always so great with the ball. But to see him do it with the bat now, he's just so experienced and, and just what knocking need, really. Mm. 
Mm. Some familiar names in that bowling uh, top <laughs> top ten there: Josso, Guy Leslie, Matt Sayers, Stephen Wilson, Ashley Thomas, Dan Harris. Yeah, I, I was going to say there's a lot of um, seasoned professionals in both the batting and the bowling, really. Mm. Um, Matt Sayers been around at Fortin for a long time, always gets wickets, very tricky bowler to face. We've spoken about Steve Wilson so many times before, the quality he offers Ponsbury. But to be honest, I'm quite surprised he didn't get more wickets. Um, and like Andy just said, Sean, Sean Davis, um, been around a long, long time, very good cricketer. Um, yeah, more known for as a bowler, really, than a batsman. But good luck to him getting runs. Rob Bennett and Monty, good to see him getting runs, play against him indoor, good lad. And uh, three Lillishaw lads in the top 10 of the batting, which is good to see. Harvey Wakefield, Thomas McCreel and Ollie Todd, one of the top nine. So very promising, promising times at Lillishaw by the looks of it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Right, let's move ourselves on to Division 3. So going on to Division 3, leading the way in Division 3, top of the pile, the champions, Trisel or Treisel. We earn Sayston with 380 points. Still, no one's told us how how we're properly saying it. Or I was told once, but always forget. In second place, All Brighton with 349 points, so 31 behind them. In third place, two points behind them, Quat second 11. And fourth place in 311 points, Welsh Ball first 11. In fifth, Church Aston. 279 one point behind them willie first 11 and three points behind them wem second 11 three points behind them osrestry second 11 then a bit of a jump down to madeley in ninth uh madeley second 11 with 245 points then another slight jump down to newport second 11 with 229 points and then in 11th, Schiffnell, third 11 with 215. Not the best year for Schiffnell all round, really. And uh, in 12th, bottom of the pile, 12 points behind them, Harper's first 11. So, guys, a tight league there. Um, top three, very close. Welshpool kind of on their own in fourth place. Then a cigarette paper... <laughs> is the difference between 5th and 8th. Yeah, yeah, and congratulations to, to Trisel and Sizden. Good to see them on the way up again. Had some battles against them about 15, 20 years ago. Old, uh, was it Gilly used to play there? Yeah, Gilly, but he, yeah, yeah. He, he's now at Quat, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. he's at Quat now, um, yeah. All Brighton second. Um, I think Adam Shimmons is still there. He shouldn't be playing Division 3, so, I, I, you know... There's a chance they'll go up. I hope they do because he should be playing high in Division Three. Quat seconds, they might be disappointed with third. I don't know. You know, with um, with the first team finishing third in the Prem, shame to see Harper's down down there. Um, played against them on Sundays many times, and, and as you said, Hurley Chiffon have not had a good season all round. Really, finishing second from bottom. Yeah, I mean, you look at the table. Um, Trizel finished finished top. I think. I think they're a good outfit. I actually played against them when I was injured. Um, so I got to see them firsthand and I think they've got a very good mix and I think they've got a really good side that could do well next year. Or Brighton, obviously, you were saying about Adam Shimmons before. I think he's now playing over 50s, Joss. And he's just so experienced and he's getting better and better, isn't he? He's, st- he's still a class yeah, act. Yeah. We're bat and ball. So he's a massive player. 
And I think Joss also mentioned the fact that Quat haven't gone up. I think they'll be very disappointed. I think with Wem also sitting down in sixth, two clubs, it really, I think their second teams need to close the gap with the first teams. Um, you know, it, it's very frustrating, but again, they've just missed out. They've just missed out on it. So frustrating season. To Shift be fair, again. Wem's first team are doing their best to bridge the gap between their first and second. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> Good from you. Today, Josh. Um but yeah, it's it's a shame to see Schiffnell down there. Um, you know what a they've had a poor season. If if the two go down, all three sides getting relegation, will you know they'll be wanting to bounce back twice as hard next year. Mm. Yeah, like you said, I think it, it's it's not one of those though as well. It's it's one of those if they promote Old Brighton as well as Treesall or Trisall, then there is the possibility that they may go for Quat as well. Let's. Remind ourselves of the bottom of Division Two. So at Division Bottom of Division Two, we had uh, Monty on one seven two, St George's on two hundred, and then Ludlow on two zero seven, and then oh, Sent- yeah, there's quite a there's quite a jump. There's twenty nine points between Ludlow and Sentinel second eleven. So it might be quite a hard push to promote any more than the two there. But it. You, <sighs> You could, you. I've seen stranger things happen, um, mm. but I think it, I think that'd be quite harsh. Mm. I I always think you know you finish third in the league. Uh, yeah, I think it's very very difficult, really. Mm. Unless you've been an absolute standout side, I just uh, it's it's a very difficult situation that, yeah. and it causes a lot of controversy. I'm sure Ludlow, exactly the same as Quat Seconds, want to breach the gap and get as close to their first team as possible. So it'd be, yeah. uh, it'd be a tough one that to take for Ludlow if it mm. did happen. Yeah, I think that is possibly why they may just promote, I don't know, would they just promote to, oh, I don't know. It's it, Again, another reason mm. why it's, you know, it's a tough job being yeah. on that career because... Look, look at all the leagues here. I, know, think, I, I, I think two all the way up would be would be good for the league. I really do. I think two all the way up. I don't think there's any teams in there I mean, we were talked about earlier, but looking in the past at how teams have got promoted and not done so well doesn't necessarily mean that the next two teams coming up are not going to do well themselves. It's 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 tough. It's tough. And let's remind ourselves of something that uh, an old member of this podcast used to say, who hopefully he'll come on, come back on one day. It's, it's easier to stay up than it is to go up. Yeah, Mister. Uh, Martindale. I did see him fueling up the other day and had a, a little natter with him. He's uh, he's looking very well. Looking very trim. Um, but yeah, you know, some big sides down the bottom. Wem, Oswestry, Maidley, Newport, Schiffnell. And then you've got, you You know, it's good to see that Church Aston, Willie, Welshpool up there competing. Mm. Good season for Welshpool, I will say. They're second uh, winning uh, Division 7. Um, mm. another good season for them. Them pushing and moving forwards. But it's a funny, it's a funny thing, really, because you, again, you look through these divisions at teams and you think, you know, how long ago was it when we were playing against them? Mm. I mean, Chisel were, were a prem side, or Brighton, Welsh Ball were, were teams in Division One for a very, very long time. Mm. So the, you know, you look down the leagues and you look at where they've they've ended up. You know, they're they're all. Again, trying to rebuild, trying to get back up to, to to that league again. That's that's the way these clubs go. So, yeah, it's um, it's very good. So Welsh Paul, fair play to them, cracking season. I think they they dropped dramatically down the leagues, didn't they, for a few years? So you know, 
if they can finish fourth this season, maybe next season they'll look to push up and, and, and get promoted. Okay, so let's move ourselves <laughs> on to the stats in Division 3 and with the bat. Uh, from Trisol, Lee Craig with 850 runs with a high score of 106, average of 56.6, 750s and one ton. In second place, Usman Barry with 783 runs with an average of 60. And in third place, uh, Lee Jones from Willie with 751 runs with an average of 41. In fourth place, Glenn Edwards of Willie with 732 runs, an average of 38. And in fifth place, Neil Bennett of Trisel with 699 runs, an average of 38. So the top five come from two sides there. In sixth place, no surprises here. Avi, Avi Matur from Church Aston, 647 runs. In seventh place, Steve Humphreys from Oswestry with 628 runs. In eighth place, Rich Plant from Willie with 610 runs. In ninth place, Christopher Morris of Walbrighton with 572 runs. And in tenth place, from Church Aston, Jagdeep Singh with 524 runs. Tons in Division 3. With 3, Usman Barry and Glenn Edwards. With 2, Ari Mathur and Harry Astley. The following all had 1. Lee Craig, Neil Bennett, Steve Humphreys, Rich Plant, Martin Davis, Amrit Rout, Gurjit Saini, Joseph Cotton, Nick Shrove, Elliot Parker, Robbie Botts, Christian Barrow, Patrick Davis, Bilal Anwar, Ben Aston, Sam Pete, and Josh Darlington. With the ball in Division 3, leading the way with the wickets is Adam Shimmons of Old Brighton. 54 wickets with the best of 7 for 33. Four five-wicket hauls at an average of 10.56. In second place, Rian Barry with 44 wickets. In third place, Matt Butcher. Uh, from Wem with 43 wickets. In fourth place from Willie, Glenn Edwards with 39. In fifth place from Welshpool, Matt McWinnie with 33 wickets. In sixth place also from Welshpool, Robert Anderson with 32. From Church Ashton in seventh, John Bartlett with 31. In eighth, Jimmy Arbuckle of Quat with 30 and tied with him Christopher Morris of Old Brighton with 30 and in 10th from Quat Terry Cowburn with 29. Five wicket hauls in Division 3. So with four we've got Adam Shimmons with three Rehan Barry with two Matt Butcher, Glenn Edwards, John Bartlett, Jimmy Arbuckle and Christopher Morris. The following all got one. Robert Anderson, Graham Ball, Harry Laker, Terry Hughes, Shantanu Golar, Gurjit Saining, Jared Darius, Sam Cadwallader, Harry Dillon, Carl Ward, Ollie Dunn, Sam Woodley, Matthew Fleming, Ivor Pearsall, Ben James, Paul Aston, Matthew Davis and Chris Durkin. So guys, who stands out for you in Division 3? So the thing that really stands out to me, obviously, is I think you mentioned it, is um, three of the top five scorers in the league were all from uh, Trizel. Um, they've also got a bowler in the, I think he was third in Rahan Barry. Second. Uh, who, second, sorry, um, who did uh, who did get me out for a duck this year. 
uh, in the game I played for the twos. <laughs> First ball duck, decided to drill it straight to mid-off. But he was very, he's very good, very wily, wily bowler, very experienced. I think if you look at the bowling, obviously Adam Shimmons, 54 wickets. He's just, he's such a talent. I mean, I, I faced him in his palm like years and years ago and he was absolutely superb. He had a yard, of, a really good yard of pace and, and he was playing Shropshire cricket back then. Um, the other one I'd like to say is, is uh, Matt Butcher. Obviously came over to, uh, to Wem, um, not as our second, well, as our, as our overseas really this year, but he, he didn't really come over as an overseas. He come to stay with family. He's had a very good season in the twos, taking that 43 wickets, but he must have played, I would have said, five or six games in the first team this year. Um, obviously really struggled. It's such a such a different standard. Um, but in the twos, he really did relish his opportunities and, and I think he ended up with one seven for him. He bowled really well. Yeah, seven for 22. Uh, he picked that up uh, against Quat. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's sort of what I say on that league, really. Yeah. Evergreen Adam Shimmons playing in Division 3. He's going to get wickets. 54 is um, quite an achievement. Looking at the batting, I mean, that shows, as Andy said, shows Trisel's dominance. He got three of the top five, and Willie got three of the top eight. So, you know, mm. that's um, quite, a, quite a monopoly they've got in the top ten. I'm just looking mm. further down the um, the batting in this division. I've got as far as 120. I haven't come across Andy Harrison yet. I know he played in this division, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just curious to where he is. <laughs> Only got 43, 18 and a duck. <laughs> it's harder the lower you go down, isn't it, Andy? I do not disagree with that. I decided to get run out on forty-three after about seven overs against uh, against Quas. Get out, proper way yeah. to get out. That is, Andy. Bad hamstring, youngster just runs at me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of them. Never mind. It's all fun. Yeah, I'd I'd like to pick out Glenn Edwards, fourth uh, in the batting with 732 runs and also finds himself then fourth place in the wickets with 39 wickets, uh, a very good season for him. For Welshpool, then you've got two two players in Matt McWinnie and Rob Anderson up there with 30-odd wickets, you know, Adam Shimmons, friend of the podcast, leading the way, I mean... What what more can you say? Uh, <laughs> unbelievable season for him. Rian Barry, you know, 44 wickets. Yeah, Lee Craig again leading the way with 850 runs. He also had a very good season last season as well uh, for memory. And Avi again from Church Aston doing really well for some players who don't get mentioned as much. And Chris Morris as well. He was in the top 10 for both um, 500 plus runs and... Um, and 30 wickets, you know, a good good return from him. So, guys, there are divisions. We've got a little bit of more league news and debate as we go on to our final section. So, as we move on to By our the way, final... just before we do, I've just, I found Andy Howe's 156th, Andy was, in Division 3. So, well done, Andy. Thank <laughs> you, mate. Premier League ton. That's a lifelong... That's... Well, I was score in Division 3. Well done. Very happy. That's very... another ton. I'm very happy with that. Thank you. <laughs> well done, Andy. Um, so we move ourselves on to our final section. As mentioned, the news has recently come out that the Premier Division next season in their win-lose games will play in coloured kit and with white balls. So uh, exciting news and potentially something very positive that 
obviously we've mentioned could, might be something the league may look to in the future in previous podcasts and now it has come to light and obviously how much of this do you think is to do with preparing sides for the Birmingham League? Well, I've talked about this for quite some time, actually. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the Shropshire League had a time frame where they had to bring this into place. Um, so I'm very glad they've done it. Well done to them, because I think it's a detriment to Shropshire League teams going up to the Birmingham League. Um, take, for example, I think uh, Worthfield this season uh, went up to the Birmingham League and they got pretty, pretty much battered first um, five or six games in the white ball and it's a completely different game um i think our teams need to be ready to play it um i mean we we luckily uh, as when when i had my first season uh, we we came in quite prepared and luckily we are a very much a white ball sort of team so it, it, it worked out in our favor but um come a bit unstuck this season but yeah looking at it, it it's something that i just thought needed to come into place i'm glad they've gone with just the the prem because i think a lot of lower league sides and clubs would not be very happy um i do i do agree with a lot of clubs financially it is quite difficult um but i wouldn't be surprised within the next few years if they bring the rule in that all the cricket we play is colour kit and white ball. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what you boys think of it from the outside, but for me, being in the Birmingham League last year, now being in the Shropshire Prem this year, I'm absolutely delighted they brought it in personally. Yeah, I think I think every club in in the Prem at the moment is, is a big enough club to be able to cope with that. If they haven't already got coloured kit, they'll get it easy enough. I think they can afford to. And I think you're right that uh, anything below do, below the Prem. Clubs might struggle. Um, also, I know there's, I'm well, not going to name any names, but there's a lot of traditionalists still out there that would be horrified by the thought of um, coloured kits coming to Shropshire cricket. I'm not one of them, I hasten to add. Um, I agree. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just it's another, another twist in the game. Why not? Why not? Mm. As you say, if it prepares people for the Birmingham League better, then it can only be good. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more there, John. I think it's it's more preparing the side that goes up because, you know, obviously the more teams that represent Shropshire in the Birmingham League, the, the better. I don't know about you, but I always keep an eye. It, when I was playing in the Pro, I used to keep an eye on the likes of Shrewsbury uh, and Shifton in the top league and Bridge North in the league below. You keep an eye on and hoping they're going to do well. Uh, and obviously for a lot of clubs this season, I'm pretty sure they were looking at the Birmingham League thinking, Oh no! If Wem and Worfield go down, look at the, you know what the repercussions of us coming down. So, which makes Shropshire League harder, and potentially though teams coming down, it does make the league stronger. Um, but yeah, I think this coloured kit. I think a lot of teams will will enjoy playing white ball cricket. It's a completely different game, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's very enjoyable. So I'm sure uh, I, w- I wouldn't see many complaints coming from prem sides personally. It's quite good for the league as well. Shows that they're quite progressive, listening to people, trying to push the game forward in Shropshire as well. It's good mm. kind of PR for them in a way. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the other clubs, uh, I think all the other leagues already have it in place. So I think we were a little bit behind. And, you know, I, I think sometimes maybe uh, it's, it's questionable. Are Shropshire a little bit behind the times? Are we, you know? I mean, Shropshire as a county, you could argue, is <laughs> yeah. always, I always, I always thought whenever 
whenever I came back from Leeds and things like that, yeah. I'd always think that Shrewsbury was a good five, six years behind yeah. whatever's going on in bigger cities and bigger counties and things like that. And it's, it's just the way that it is, I think. Yeah. And structure, we like our, yeah. we like our things as they are and change comes yeah. a, a struggle, but that's why we are what we are as a county, I think. Exactly. And I think these traditionalists that, um, that Joss is on about, you know, sometimes we do need to look at things and say, you know, especially for maybe the older generation, like this is now we're trying to attract youngsters to play cricket. And I do feel white ball coloured kit attracts youngsters. And that's what it's all about now. It's, you know, obviously the lower leagues where a lot of the older generation play their cricket these days, you know, yes, stick to white white kit but the higher up the level you go cricket needs to move on I'm not saying we should be playing 2020 on a bloody Saturday I, I just think the coloured kit white balls pushes it forward yeah. it's exciting cricket I tell you what you go and ask people that watch white ball cricket on a Saturday at Wem every week it's exciting it's a good game it's a different brand of cricket it's um, I, I just think it's moving forwards and it always needs to move forward cricket Please. always needs to move forward Pleasing yep, on the eye as well, sure. isn't it? Pleasing on the eye as well. And uh, yeah. I mean, the clads and things like that, you know, it yeah. makes it a bit more, it's a, it's a lot easier to sell than it would have been, say, 10 years ago when yeah. these things weren't readily available. When you can put a pair of clads over your pads and, you know, you can always put yeah. some dark sheet. And also you look at the sides here in the Prem. There's a lot of big sides there. A lot of yeah. people probably already got coloured kit. And how long do you think until we start getting more coloured kits and and it's trickled down to the divisions below and maybe even mm. midweek leagues? I th I think it. Um, I think in midweek cricket we we've spoke about it a couple of times. Me and Joey App have actually, funny enough, about about making the league a bit more exciting. Maybe going pink ball because. I mean, pink ball would be a start because it gets a bit dark in the evenings, you know. So I think that does make sense. You don't you, you don't have to have black sight screens with a pink ball either, and you can wear white. So it's up to the club. And we've we've just started it as a club, Grasshoppers. We're the first team in in the evenly cricket to wear coloured kit. We obviously tell the teams we're playing against, do you mind us wearing coloured kit? Normally when we play away, we play in white, but at home we wear colours and and a pink ball. So, you know, I just think. You know, you look at look at things. I mean, lower down the leagues, I do think maybe you should go to a vote and yeah. see what teams actually think because I still think you go down from the Prem. I would have. I don't think many people in the Prem would grumble. I think you get to Division One. I think you. I think you'd be a 50-50 split personally yeah, on clubs. I don't think clubs like like I call Bobbrea. I don't think your lads would want colour kit, would they? There'd definitely be some people who would uh, complain. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> what, what do you... Oh, as a, as a... Still, half the team still don't even have the normal club kit that's white, mate. What's your honest opinion of it all, Joss? Would, if, if, if it came into Division 1, what would you think? Because uh, obviously you're, you're the other side of 50, which means you're the older generation I'm on about. You're, if it came to like Division 1, it would affect... Me, Andy. <laughs> you play another division. When it comes <laughs> to division six, I worry. <laughs> yeah. But what do you think um, of it all? No, I, I um, exactly. I echo what I hate to agree with you, Andy, but I echo everything you've said. Really, it's, it's moving the game forward, mm. and all games do move forward, not just cricket. Football's mm. changed a lot in in the last few years, you know. Yeah, and people 
the organisers will always try and find ways to move the game on to attract new people. You know, ETB have done it with 100, which has been a big success. Mm. Um, you know, the league have brought in the, the 100 rather than the T20 Cup, which I think has worked okay. Um, they have to keep trying these things. You know, some yeah. of them won't work, some of them will, but good luck to them for trying. So, yeah, I'm all for it, really. Yeah, and I mean, like you mentioned with the grasshoppers and stuff, we wear the coloured kit as well for Sunday occasionally and whenever we're drafted in to play for the Warfield Smash and things like that. And, you know, the coloured kit didn't cost us too much. I think it was like 30, 30 quid we all chipped in because we had a mm. bit of a discount due to sponsorships and stuff. You know, And if you have clubs who can do that and then have a few spares on the side for players who don't have it, then, you know, then, then all the better. And, you know, clads and stuff and, you know... It, uh, it does it it is a bit of a different feeling when you put the colored kit on it does it does feel good but um moving on to another form of cricket that's just recently started Joss and the Sundorn Indoor League we finally got the fixtures um not soon after pretty much I finished recording the extra podcast um but still no mention on the uh, presentation evening Joss uh, no, there isn't. I think there's probably a reason for that. I think Grasshoppers A are running the league and they didn't win the league last year. So they're probably not really incentivized to have a presentation evening. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, Joss, I can obviously, I can obviously you'll be very keen because you won, didn't you, Hurley? You oh, we did. Yeah, too, we so did. Congratulations to you. I actually, I actually did. Uh, actually, I did. Joking apart, it's always very sad to see we lost three teams over the, over the, uh, over the summer. Mm. So Frankton, Shelton, and Grasshoppers B have all. Have all folded during the summer, which is which is a real shame. But we have got a second Aubrey team and Column have joined, so we still got twelve teams, which which is good. Two two divisions mm. of six. And uh, there's a p- potential for Pontsbury Indoor League um, starting back up again in Sundawn, and they are looking for sides to join. So if you are interested in joining and want to put a team together, um, do get in touch, and we can put you in touch with the people who are organising the league. Um, and uh, we can hopefully get that league started up as well. And um, Reekin will be starting soon as well, Andy. Yeah, yeah, exciting times. I mean, we our fixtures are a bit later in, in Reekin, but it, it's a very positive sign to see the Ponsbury League possibly come back. Um, I mean, I was very lucky enough to play the Wem League, the Ponsbury League, the now Sundorn League. Um, you know, it, it's great for cricket to just keep it ticking over through the winter. Uh, and I think. You know, fair play to Simon Dodds if he can get that Ponsbury League over the over the line. It'd be a massive benefit to a lot of clubs because a lot of clubs probably miss playing in it. Final one. We have had a final question uh, come from Lloyd Phillips on Instagram. He says, does anyone know if the ball Andy got hit for in the touring match at Frankton has actually landed yet? To quote Joe Yap, <laughs> who was also drafted in to play this game, this is why I play cricket, to see Andy get hit miles. That's generally made my day. So, Andy, has it still landed? I don't know if it was miles. It was a. I'm pretty sure it was just over the rope. But now, nah, to be fair, I bowled him a bouncer and he beat me for a six. But I just want to say, in that tour game, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in cricket. So I've I've come into bat and I've probably faced. 20, <laughs> 20 odd twenty odd balls and haven't scored a run. Is I've never done in my career. Right. Anyway, so this this lad's bowling uh, their, their leg spinner, I've got to say, was bloody good. And I've gone down, I've swept him and I have hit. Uh, and I'm not just saying, it, you can ask the boys, it was an absolutely ginormous six, right? 
Anyway, the boys on the boundary, Charlie Walker is one of them who plays for Bridge North. And he's looked at the bowl and he said, that is big. I ain't fetching that. They made the bowler walk all the way <laughs> through the couldn't field. And it was a long bloody way. And they, they made him fetch it. It was hilarious. I've never seen that in cricket. So the bowler fetched the ball and I ain't through a six next ball. <laughs> the lads did fetch the second one. It was brilliant. It absolutely made my... I was absolutely creasing at the, at the crease. I was loving it. it was so much fun. Well, what a way to end. And all I'd like to say is once again, thank you to all of the people who make sure that cricket in Shropshire goes ahead, especially those who work for free uh, to make sure that the uh, game goes ahead. And obviously, let's not forget the board and the the, the league themselves. Um, thank you very much for... Uh, putting on another fantastic cricket season and uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast and supporting remember to like share and subscribe we are going to be starting up the cow corner net soon um if you do want to uh get involved please hey, must be skinned. <laughs> I, was just about, I was about to say the same thing you must need some moolah <laughs> no we'll do it as we always do so um if you've never been to the nets before basically i find out how an hour. <laughs> so i think if it's like if we use it for two hours i think it's now like 40 quid an hour at shrewsbury school or something then depending on how many people turn up we just split it between everyone um and if it is too much so if there's only two people then We'll, we'll work it out from there. Uh, but yeah, if you are a company and you want to get involved and help sponsor the Nets, because I know that we do need some insurance and various other things, which only cost a few quid and you want to get involved and have your name splattered across with the Cow Corner Nets, feel free to get in touch. Um, but yeah, another great episode, guys. And uh, thank you, Joseph, for turning up as always. And uh, cheers, San Alex, Francisco. Good to speak to you. And uh, Andy, uh, thank you for turning up even with the Rona, battling on through hard. Yeah, pleasure as always. Lovely to talk about the cricket and very, very excited to talk about uh, what happens to Shropshire Cricket in the next podcast. See what happens with the Birmingham League and then see what happens with uh, what Shropshire do to the, uh, the league. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The next podcast that we'll be bringing out will be the Birmingham League one when we can get the lads together. Obviously, Sam Whitney definitely down with the Rona uh, there. And uh, yeah, it should be a good one. But uh, anyway, till the next time. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.